Breathing space includes mature content such as adult language, sexual situations, violence, and substance use. This episode contains mentions of human trafficking. Additional sensory contact warnings can be found in the show notes. I ain't got no home to go to, I ain't got nothing to sell, but my stars will never leave me, even when I'm sold to hell. I was born under a blue sky, and I'll die out in the black, when I'm gone, don't no one mourn me, cause my debts will drag me Okay, I need three Uncas wearing pants, a plate of hot air, a basket of grandma's breakfast to change the clothes again. Got it? This. Got it. This is your idea of a low-profile spot for some chatter. No, this is my idea of secure. A chuck wagon. We have history here. I hope you trust these people. I do. Did you apologize to Link yet? <sighs> I did. But then they asked me to explain what I was apologizing for. And, well, things thus went tumbling downhill and I'm left with nothing but this broken crown. You disappeared for four months. It's all part of the dog walker thing. Hush, hush, secret missions that we've got to keep zipper-lipped about. It's important for the mystique, don't you know? Well, people worry. Well, there's no need. I'm very good. Speaking of... Right, right. I put my ear to the train tracks and got all the squashed pennies. As far as the entire system is concerned, that ship's one of yours. And the disappearances? Oh, par for the course for a family ship going through a port. People expect a Houdini now and again. It says a lot about our reputation that these sorts of actions can go uncommented upon. What about your contact with the rangers? Please. Contacts. Plural. Okay. Contacts. Hey, hey, Thank you. That's my seat. That's the port guard are almost ready to boil over about the warships. You're quite seat. welcome for that, by the way. But that's the only thing on their scopes as far as the family is concerned. For the moment, at least. For the moment. And you know this judge? Yes, Judge Marinos is about as senior legal official as the Rangers have. Unreasonably committed to an upstanding nature, if you ask me. Doesn't respond well to bribery. Otherwise, quite personable. Annie! You weird thing, I thought that was you. Carmi! It's been too long. Aye, look at ya. A captain. Probably been a while since you scrubbed a pan or stemmed mushrooms. You might be surprised. It better have been a while, because you're pretty shite at all that. I'm sure your time's better spent, Captain. And... <laughs> oh, I'm still cleaning up messes, but bigger ones now. Carmi, this is Grey Linkskin, dog walker at large for the family. Put her there, lad. A pleasure, Mr... You're Linkskin, eh? Well, in most of the system, I'm Carmine Earl. But if you're family, then I'm Captain Farson. Okay. How are things with the train? I could complain to you. You just fall off love and never repeat myself. My accountant's just run off with his boyfriend, so my books are shite. I've got weevils investing the larder ship again. I've got the red line fill a barge in through here in the week to throw everything all to hell. And the folks in the heavily body, that's our brass wagon, are threatening to unionize again, even though they restructured to an employee-owned collective ages ago. Well, muck rolls uphill. That's why they made you the boss. Aye, speaking of muck, I've got your judge stashed down in the abbey. I'm sorry, in the abbey, with the... No, 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 it's as clean as a brass ass. We're going 100% plant-based for the next three stops. But, look, I've arranged for a lot of meetings with the family in my time, but never with the law. Is there trouble? Can we help? I'm just... handling a situation. How fucked is it? I'm the fourth law speaker so far. Aye, proper fuck then. Well, I'll let you get chopping and find you after. You need something. You know me. I always need something. But it can wait. I need to make sure you eat while you're here anyway. Like I said, after. 
Okay. Play school mom again for me. Hmm? He put so much implied significance on the name Farson that I expect I was meant to clock it from over the horizon. Who precisely is Far? Far is in far away. The Chuckwagons are friends, something between Ulko and family. As their leader, that makes Carmi a captain as far as we're concerned, and Farson is one of the names the friends use to identify themselves. Like a shibboleth. Right. And if someone happens to actually be named Farson, that doesn't cause trouble? We don't only go by the name. For example, people can lie. I know. And I know why Link is really mad. I could clock that one for the next stellar body over. And yet you couldn't give them an appropriate apology? I am not good at all this family stuff. We're all just making it up as we go along. If you just tell them the truth, I'm sure they'll understand. Even if it involves something that could hurt them? Such as... <sighs> okay. So, my little sibling spent some time with the Void Wanderers before they stowed away in the Brave and got adopted. That's not uncommon for adoptees. The no-go's are a pain in our asses, but I can see how their life would appeal to the same sort of people who'd find their way to the family. Okay, sure. Well, they talk about that time a bit, right? And there was this old matriarch who they hung around with for a while. Blue giant. No-go queen. Real heartwarmer of a story. Taking a helpless rich brat under her wing to show them the ropes. Even gave the kid their moniker. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Spin Gravity. Kid doesn't know why that particular nickname. Mentions it a couple of times. Enough that even I realize it bugs them. Only, of course, I'm the kind of person who can find things out. It's sort of my whole deal. So, I go have a Remy to see if I can maybe find the story behind it. I mean, I've not been a brother very long, but... I've got the instincts to know when I could lord that knowledge over my sib's head for a bit of fun. <laughs> Sounds about right. Now, no-goes ain't easy to track by traditional means, of course. But they all like to talk if you've got volats and are willing to listen. So I stock up, clean the cobwebs out of my ears, and start at the nearest jungle. I had to hear every bit of no-go black brass from Arcturus to Luna. But I found a line on Blue Giant. Unfortunately, it was on Diatoma. Oof. How'd she land there? Ugh. Official charge was corporate larceny, but I haven't a cobalt clue how a ship hopper without two credits to her name commits that. Minimum stay on Diatoma is long, right? Couple of years at least, yeah. And, although I'm a man of many virtues, patience is not one of them. So... I did the only reasonable thing and got myself arrested. Yeah, uh, Grey. What? Easiest way to get in. I'm here now, so obviously I got back out okay. No worries. Did you at least find this blue giant person? I did. What you have to understand is that Diatoma's not an easy place to live. The corporations that run it make a flat fee per prisoner, so to make bank, they only provide the bare minimum for survival. Now, no-goes are nothing if not survivors, but everyone's got their limits. She was at hers. She was already sick when I found her. No idea what it was, but it gave her the shakes. Made getting down to the food distro difficult. I sidled up to her with a bit of smuggled booze and got the info I wanted. But when I went to beat feet, I couldn't just leave her. Really? I, I know. It just didn't seem right. And I'm trying very hard to listen to my gut when it says stuff like that. So I took a couple of extra weeks to get some things in order. And when I finally broke out, I brought Blue Giant with me. 
got her to the nearest no-go jungle. Not a hospital? I could have. See if they could fix her. But she asked for the jungle. Said she wanted to see her friends again. Nearest one was Vesta. How she knew she'd have friends there, I don't know. But she did. They made her comfortable, at least. So here's the kicker. Blue told me she had a couple dozen spin gravities over the years. Called them all that so she didn't mix them up. She could spot us rich kids slowing with the no-goes from the other side of the system. She'd play Mother Hen, show them the ropes, and they'd use their dosh to keep her pleasantly drunk. And then they'd get tired of no-go life and go back home. Usually when things got hard or they ran out of money. That's why it was spin gravity. Artificial. Not real. It just looks like that from one perspective. And that's what you can't tell Link. Yeah, well, they cared for this old bint. They've got good memories of her. Who am I to ruin that by telling them the truth? Gray. You're right. You are very not good at this. What you just told me is that you went looking for someone Link cares about deeply, and you found them in one of the worst places in the system. Alone. Dying. And, despite already having what you came for, you put yourself on the line to break her out of there and take her back to the place she wanted to be with people she wanted to be with. And you think Link will be upset about the story about their nickname? Well, I, uh... uh Go! What? Robert Greyfriar Linkskin. Go call your sibling right now. I will not say it again. All right, all right. No need to use the captain voice on me. Go. I'll handle the judge. Well, naturally. Which one is she again? Galaxy. <clears throat> well, that's rather impolite. At ease, Marshal. Yes, ma'am. Uh, pardon Marshal Brackett's vigilance, Captain. We were distracted and I think she startled a bit. Well, she didn't shoot me at least, so that's a blessing. Judge Marinos, correct? Correct. And you're the Perry I'm supposed to meet with? Yes. I'm Captain Etienne Torres' wife of the Free Trader, look to the stars and find hope, and current law speaker for the Peregrination. Law... speaker? Haven't heard that one since Legal History 101. An old Scandia title. My people draw deep for useful ideas. Sort of like a judge, right? You my equivalent? In history, yes. For us, the law speaker is prosecution, defense, and judge rolled into one. That doesn't sound very fair. There are checks. If the council disagrees with my finding, either in fact or in interpretation, I'm dismissed as speaker and another is chosen. And if they disagree with the next one's ruling? Then the process repeats. Ooh, that sounds like a hell of a Kessler. If a law speaker gets invoked, the situation is already a Kessler. Is that what this business is with your rotten ship? A fuck up so bad you have to call the neighbors for help? Judge, no offense to your guard, but I would prefer if... <laughs> My usual marshal is off handling a sticky situation with a Yukon asteroid being taken over or abandoned or something. Now, loose here, when she's not babysitting me and my bad ticker, is our one-gal anti-trafficking task force. Now, I am a wizened old crone, and I know enough about what's going on to know she'd best sit in on what you have to say. I see. Very well. Yes. I am here to lay the groundwork for, uh, an extradition? I think that's the word. You want to hand us over some outlaws? Possibly. Their exact status is unclear, but we have evidence and confessions for what I think are prosecutable crimes under your laws. Really? Hmm. That'd be a shocker. 
I've been on various sides of the bench for, and I'm just guessing here, longer than you've been alive. And I have never heard of the Perrys handing anybody over to the Rangers. And we've asked. Raiding any family ship that crosses a marshal's path on the guise of looking for wanted folk is a bit more than asking. Our jurisdiction is clearly defined as everywhere between here I think here you'll find, Marshal, with regards to your jurisdiction, that the family's not a signatory of the Ceres Accords. What? Neither am I, but I'm still subject to them. Everyone is, belt and beyond. What do you think, Judge? Y'all have always held yourselves to be apart from the rest of the system. Like a sovereignty unto yourselves. If that were true... You wouldn't be subject to the Accords unless your government signed. Of course, the validity of that stance has never been established, at least not in our law. So it's an open question, then? Might be. Although we are rapidly approaching the point where a system of law breaks down and who has the bigger stick diplomacy sets in. I'll steer us back to safer waters, then. Three weeks ago, a vessel calling itself the Settle for No Bitter Compromise was taken into peregrination custody after several of our ships answered a green line distress call from individuals aboard. In our fact-finding about the incident, we arrived at evidence of several crimes by this vessel's crew. You'll find copies of the evidence in these packets. Settle for No Bitter Compromise. Sounds like one of yours. It very much is not. How is that determined? I'm sorry? How do you decide what ship is and is not one of yours? I never got the impression y'all were that formal about these things. Internally, we keep a list, as we do with all members of our family. Newly sponsored ships are added after their first crew christen the hole and appoint a captain, who asks our council to add the ship name to the registrar. This vessel never went through this process. Externally, a good indication would be to look at a ship's home port, or lack thereof. Family ships are calm registered, but call no port home. On the other hand, the vessel in question was registered out of Karen. Hmm, interesting. Impressment. And murder. Marshal, look at this. You say this ship isn't one of yours, but you didn't mention that nearly everyone on it was. If by didn't mention, you mean put in the first paragraph of that stack of evidence, then... Okay. Why are you turning over your people all of a sudden? They're not our people. Says here they were all family in good standing until they- Until they forsook- <sighs> Marshal, what is the worst sort of person in the system? Pirate. Trafficker, specifically. Worse than a murderer? Yeah. Depriving someone of their freedom, their humanity, is worse than just killing them. Now- Imagine a ranger who turned pirate. From the look on your face, I think you understand our position very well. These... These Sasta did what everyone in the system thinks we do. The black lie. That we steal people, cart them off against their wills to join us or die. Now, I don't think anyone really believes that, Captain. It's just a story Belter parents tell their kids at night to scare them, right? Or a joke drunk Yardies like to tell. No harm it. No one really thinks all of my people are kidnappers. Except the ones who do. That stay locked in their apartments when one of our ships are docked at their stations. Or just leave a room when we enter. Or refuse to let us dock at all. Or the ones who think it's all an exaggeration but that there's got to be some truth to it. Somewhere. Or just the ones who think, oh, the Perrys. They're fine, but I wouldn't want my child to marry one. Yavla will go. Okay. Okay, point taken, I think. In that case, I'm surprised you haven't just dealt with it yourself. Ship out in the black and all that. We never even would have known. Our law, the law we carry with us, is very clear. It applies to the family only, and these people are not family. Not anymore. I have the paperwork. And so you're just going to dump them in our laps? I would think the governments you represent would be eager to try them. <laughs> Shit. They hit two of the three capital crimes here. Murder and impressment. They vultured some ships along the way. 
We have the hat trick. Is what I've given you enough to convict? What do you think, Marshal? If the ones who got press-ganged are willing to testify, yeah, very likely. But I'd also lean on some of the small fish with accessory charges. I bet we get them to flip. I'd aim for ten or twelve of the command crew, including the captain. Sounds about right. There'll be a trial. Probably. Sometimes we'd let someone plead guilty to a lesser charge in order to avoid that. But with, what, a dozen murders and twice that many impressments? And good evidence, thank you for that. We go for the rope. That means a trial. Where? Technically, the Rangers just enforce the law at the behest of the outer governments. So in a case like this, with multiple crimes over multiple jurisdictions, they'll end up in a dick-measuring contest over it. End of the day, better than even money, it'll be Ganymede. Ganymede is very... populated. Yeah, and there are redlines operating there now. It'll be a goddamn circus. <sighs> we made such progress in the last few years, and now... What do you mean? Your custom is a public trial. And as good as that is for justice, it's going to be bad for us. I don't expect the watching public to understand that these people left the peregrination. In the public eye, their sins will stain our fingers. Now, we will never be rid of the black lie about us. Sounds like you'd have been a lot better off if you'd done like I said and just spaced a lot of these folks. That was considered. And you brought this to us anyway because... For us, almost every crime you can think of is handled inside of a ship. Different ones have different systems. Trial by peers, martial courts, whatever. Even when a crime happens that crosses between two ships, that's usually negotiated by the two captains alone. No need to involve the family as a whole. When a situation is particularly messy, when fighting about how to resolve it would threaten to cause a rift in the family, we appoint a single person to go in and unfuck everything. That's the law speaker. We establish what happened, to the best of our ability, and decide which, if any, of our laws have been broken, and who should be punished and how. Then we present this all to the Council of Captains. If two-thirds think this is a good solution, they all agree to abide by it. If not, the law speaker is dismissed and another is appointed in their place. I am the fourth law speaker to try to unfuck this situation. All three of those who came before proposed some version of what you have just said. We wipe the records, space all the people we think deserve it, and keep the vessel. That would be better for us. But it is not the law. Our laws. These people are not family. And they are not under our jurisdiction. We did not catch them in an act of piracy. We cannot legally or morally punish them. So I bring them to you, the ones who can. And when you find the captain and her conspirators guilty, I would suggest preparing whatever station has the privilege of hanging them for a large crowd, because every family ship will be there to witness it. Hmm. I think I can respect that. Judge, you know procedure better than I do. Won't it be necessary during the trial to establish who these people are? Depends on how the prosecutor wants to run their case. But possibly. If they do, it would probably be helpful for some of Captain Torres' wife's people to testify on how this ship split from the peregrination. It might. Do you think some of your folks might want to go on record about that? This would be public. Yep. I can ask. It would be good to establish that we are not the same. Some people might listen. Mm, right, well, we'll take your extraditions. When will you deliver the suspects? Depends on where you want them. Arcturus would be fastest. What about Ganny? A few weeks. We'll bring them in on the settle, and it's not a high-G courier. You're not keeping the ship? It's not ours. We responded to a distress call and found people aboard, so there's no claim of salvage. Hmm, according to its Karen registry, it's owned by this Ellie Mae Settle's daughter. That's a nightmare waiting to happen if we convict. Astro time ship ownership laws are more twisted than a pig's tail. I presided over a civil matter about one recently. Did you hear about that tanker that blew a seal and left some scouts stranded? They had to get rescued and ended up flying at home. I'm 
familiar. Three years that case lasted. Insurance company, title company, Ganymede government, captains next of kin, the scouts, even Yukon. Everybody laid claim to it. Generated a pile of opinions you could smother a mule in. Didn't the kids end up getting it? Yep. Salvage rights. I figured they'd cash out immediately, but I hear they've got a renovation team starting to get her spaceworthy again. Good for them. Scouts never give up. Y'all sure you don't want that ship? Says here the owner has a daughter who could inherit. Currently registered to the, uh, pass unnoticed and unsafe space. Had. She died? No. But they are not mother and child anymore. By your laws, maybe. Ours are a little different. She could still make a claim. If asked, the official stance of the peregrination is sell it, split the proceeds among whoever you find not guilty and the families of the victims, or do whatever you want. But that hole has no place in our fleet. Okay. Marshal, send this packet to the jurisdictions in question. We can sort out this dick measuring while the defendants are delivered to Ganymede. Wait a sec. You said this has to be cleared by some sort of council. They are going to agree, right? If they don't, I'm fired, and it won't be my problem anymore. But they will. Now that you officially know, this is the only path forward. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, I think. Although the cynic in me says that you know damn well what you're doing here. Oh? What's that? By accepting this arrangement, we'll be treating the peregrination quite a lot like a foreign government. In my line of work, that's called a precedent. Very useful thing to establish. A prize not worth the price, I think. It's been a pleasure, Judge Marinos. Marshal Brackett. Captain, wait. Yes, Marshal? Y'all don't send out distress signals. Don't we? Cut that inscrutable crap. I looked up the records. Your ships respond to green lines, but never send them. Perhaps we learned a long time ago that our calls into the void always went unanswered. Right. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. We could help each other. Y'all have those ships now, the ones you acquired from Vista, and I know a lot of your free traders are well-armed. As are your port card ships. Yeah, well, what I care about are the other ships out there with guns. Terrans? Pirates. Yes. Well, we've been blowing pirate ships out of the sky for years now, as have you, and it doesn't appear to have thinned their herds. Being evil is still too profitable. New people are always willing to stoop to that level. And you think cooperation will make the difference? It's worth trying. As a start, I can have our history of attacks and sightings forwarded to you. Okay. Great. That is a start. And I'll send you ours. Maybe if we've both got all the data, we can find more patterns. Help keep people safe. If we can. That would be worth doing. Um... Sorry, that's my niece calling. I should take this. Absolutely. Family comes first. I'm off to get something to eat. Thanks. Kit? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I knew you'd win. Wait, what do you mean engage? time of day, so naturally, I really like him. <sighs> You'll get your nose burned off one of these days. Remind me when I'm on the brave to corner this lad and show him me spur. I'll put the fear of grey into him. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Uh, how's me ship? Oh, I finally managed to recalibrate the reactor manifolds to get rid of that stupid noise. Noise? What, what noise? Wait, no. You mean the rumble? <laughs> yeah. But, but, but that's the best part! It makes the bacall sound like a growling tiger! <laughs> oh my god, it's literally the sound of your D3 resonating in the mag fields, Gray. It's why you have to degauss so often. Oh, fuck. I paid extra for that acoustic package. 
Yeah, well, the reactor's gonna last you five times longer now, so, you know, you're welcome. <clears throat> huh? Oh, kid, I gotta go. I'll be on the look when she docks for the thing at Arcturus. See you then? <laughs> Stay out of trouble, brother. You too, little Sib. Sounds like you two are okay. Yeah. You were right. I never get tired of people saying that. Uh, come on, we need to find Carmi before we go. Are you hungry? Mm, yeah, sure. I could eat. Good. Because he's going to insist you have something if you come along. Have you ever had your open white chili? Uh, can't say that I have. It was the best thing about working here on my wander. It's got five different kinds of shellfish in it. I hope they've got some of the mess. Ika keeps jabbering on about that to me. Wandering. No idea what they're talking about. It's just about moving around a bit until you've found your permanent place. Or not. You can wander for the rest of your life if you'd like. Right. And how do you know when you found your permanent place? Maybe you don't. Oh, there he is. Carmi! Aye, Katmani. Did your meeting go well? Fix the entire system yet? <laughs> Hardly. Well, you both look half-starved. I'm gonna grab you some plates, and I expect them to be clean before you leave. Is there white chili? Oh, aye. I know well enough who was coming. Lad, what can I get you? Ah, uh, fungal steak? Right, with chips and gravy, of course. Oh, yes. I'll sort you out. How long have you been with the family? Um, oh, nearly two years now. Well, if you're ever in the same patch of space as us and need to fill your belly, or want a place to bed down, the wagons are here for you. I can't tell you the number of family kids we've had through, including our wee Annie here. Ah, that was on your wonder. Mm-hmm. I spent a year here on the chuck wagons after I left the hold tight to those you love. It's a lot easier to start with friends than jump headfirst into strangers. Uh, then I hired on to a series Volko freighters as an able body. Got as sunward as Venus, uh, and I went to Terra. Have you ever been there? I've never been past the belt myself. I have. Doing a bit of this and that requires some well diving now and again. Stuck my toes in the ocean and everything. I tried that, got as far as the shore, and froze up. Couldn't look at it. There was just so much... space. As opposed to all the emptiness on the other side of that bulkhead over there. That's the void. This was... blue sky and water and cities and mountains. And just... not one bit of it had to be built. People need a little extra room and... they can just go find somewhere. They didn't have to claw it tooth and nail from the very fabric of the system. If we went there, the entire family, the chuck wagons, probably the whole belt, could disappear into the cities on Terra and no one would even notice. We'd be a rounding error on the population. And we could live out our lives reasonably sure we'd never run out of air or water. Aye. But then we wouldn't be who we are. The place makes the people. Are you doing all right? Me? I'm fine. I don't hear all the family brass, but with as many wandering kids as I get the pleasure of showing how to peel vegetables, I hear enough. That business with your ship when you went back, the build. Something bad enough to need a law speaker to clean up. And now I see you again, but this time you're doing that job. It's enough to make an old man worry. I appreciate that, Carmi. I really do. But I'm fine. Right. If you say it, then it's so. Now that you've got warm food in front of you, I can finally ask that favor. What do you need? It's about the Jolly Butcher. She's a good old ship, but the years are piling on. We're getting to the point where we'll need to put the lass out to pasture and get a new one. Only, I don't have the capital for that. Or... Or you send her to Arcturus, and 
We take her apart and fix her up like new. Aye. I know it's a lot to ask. The Butcher's a big ship. We'll be tying up your dock for months, and I know you've got ships of your own that need- Consider it done. Aye? Carmi, I have relatives who were pulled off Neptune on that ship. And more that were on other chuck wagons. Or ships that would be chuck wagons. We didn't stay, though. Hard as it was, your grandmother made a call. And the people that had the chance to leave and make a new life never forgot us, and we never forgot you. Visits from your wagon train saved us from starvation. You were the only sizable influx of calories that we had for years. And in return, we fixed your ships and traded back food and... Floyd knows how many of our people have adopted back and forth over the decades. You're our friends. And when you need us, we'll be there. As you've been for us. Thank you, Loss. When you get to Arcturus, tell the superintendent to call me and we'll take care of you. You can boss around the head of the dry dock? The privilege of being his favorite sister. Aye, that I can see. I'll let you finish your meal. Linkskin, can I have a moment? Um, okay. You keep an eye on that one for me. She takes a lot of weight on her shoulders. Maybe too much. If that was the case, and knowing the dear captain as we both do, how exactly should I go about stopping her from, well, anything? Good point. Well, have her back, then. Rest assured, we are all way ahead of you. Right. Well... I'll let you two finish your food without having to entertain an old gobshite. If either of you want a doggy bag, just holler. Will do. Did he tell you to look after me? Mm-hmm. I hope that man never changes. About finding your place. Did you see the mountains on Terra? Only from orbit. After I got my legs working in the open air, I hiked up one while I was there. Just to say I did it. And... When I got to the top, breathing and wheezing, feeling like the 8-vac for the whole planet was broken, I looked out at all that natural beauty. And I knew. I realized I wanted to go home. Not the hold specifically. The family. I wanted to help claw life out of nothing. Build homes in the void. But then why give up that ship to the Ulko? That could be a home right there. Oh, don't give me that look. Of course I was eavesdropping. <sighs> you have been told the story of how the family formed, right? Of course. Good Samaritans rescuing punters on Neptune. That's not the important part. The important part was when we called back to Terra. And the Terrans said they'd arrest the fleet. And everyone... Rescued and rescuer, and people just along for the ride, agreed that was wrong, and they refused. Our first law was formed that day. If a call for help comes from the Black, you help no matter what. We carry that law wherever we go, and more came after. But the core of it is that to be who we are, we have to do the right thing, even when it's hard. And when to do the right thing, you need to do something that's the wrong thing. Pick the bigger right or the smaller wrong and burn hard in that direction. Huh. I think I can plot that course. That's all any of us are doing. Do you have plans for after the thing? Well, it sounds like I'm about to. One of the people who sent the distress call that started this whole mess. We need you to quietly get them to Luna. Ooh, a vacuum quiet or freshly serviced 8-vac quiet? Um, normal quiet? Just don't attract a lot of attention. Okay. And am I going to be told who this person is and why they need to be on Luna, or do I need to suss it out myself? 
more cleanup from the settled drit. There was a no-go aboard, and they and a family kid were the ones who sent the distress call. Wait, I thought they all left the family. The adults did, yes. But there were children on that ship as well. Too young to have made the decision to leave themselves. Ripped away from cousins and siblings. From parents, Gray. One of this kid's dads is Exo of the Stan Tollenby Proud. He's Ika's cousin. My cousin. Yours, too, then. And when those monsters on the settle burned through a six-cent hatch door and tried to kill him. Our family. This no-go threw themselves in the way and took the hit. They lived, think Rook, but we can't get them back on their feet with our medical facilities. But there are some family friends on Luna, or they will be in a few weeks. The Carnival. They have a surgeon with them who can help. Who can get them back on their feet? Yes. They'll make a new pair of feet if they have to. We owe this no-go at least that much. Okay, can do. Oh, do you think it would be a problem if I brought Link along? I don't see why. You'd know better than I would. You think you need their help? Oh, no. Um, I just thought that the next time I was back on the green cheese that I... I feel a compulsion to see Lunorlands again, where I grew up. I think I'd like to have Link there for that. As a bit of backup. Backup? Emotional backup. Hmm. I'm sure they'd love to go. Now, eat your steak and let's get back. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Breathing Space. This episode, A Smile and a Sword in Your Arms, was written, directed, and edited by Scott Paladin. Gray Linkskin was voiced by Vic Collins. Etienne Torres' wife is voiced by Christina McLean. Captain Carmine Earl is voiced by Scott Paladin. Judge Marinos is voiced by Ali Amador. Luce was voiced by Emma Johanna Purinen. Link Ikaskin was voiced by Kasha Mika. Our theme, Blues for the Black, was composed by Michael Freitag with vocals by Jeremiah and lyrics by Scott Paladin. You can find links to learn more about our cast and crew in the show notes and more information about our show at our website, breathingspace.lawofnames.com. Breathing Space is a Law of Names production. When you think of Raven Station, well, I bet most of you don't ever think of Raven Station. Or maybe you've watched Escape from Raven Station or Stellar Patrol Raven Station, or you've read a couple of the newsfeed stories on the more heated sites. Now, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that Two Palace is the safest place in the system, but it's not anywhere near as bad as you might think. And just like every station I've been to, there are people working to make things better and cooking great food. Like a lot of these stories, it all started with a cup of coffee, or in this case, a cafecito. My friend Avram has been on Raven Station for just over four of its orbits, and his restaurant, The Half Moon, is probably the only place, well, possibly in the whole system, where you can find his unique combination of Cuban and Sephardic cuisine. That was our original plan with the Half Moon. We'd even shipped an entire on-site crew out here last year. But after a few thimbles of the rocket fuel he calls coffee, Avram told us to come back in seven months to see and taste the thing he's most proud of. Year after year, or... 
Whatever passes for a year. I'll let the rabbis sort that out. <laughs> we are obligated to tell a story. It is the story of our departure from Egypt, the story of slavery and redemption from bondage. We speak of being and of doing and of trusting in inexplicable things. We tell it every year because each year of our lives, our understanding and the view of our worlds change. As our views change, we understand slavery differently. We understand Hashem or your deity or deities of choice differently. And even what it means to be redeemed. In telling the story year to year, from one generation to the next, through good times and bad times, we forge a link through the ages and across space. One unbroken chain. Does it lead back to Egypt? Did Joseph dream? Aren't you just here for the wine? <laughs> Let all who are hungry come and eat. The Half Moon normally serves standard Cuban fare. Rice and beans, reconstituted plantain, a surprisingly good nem-based ropa vieja, and whatever else is feasible with Palace's orbit. And if you're a friend, or if you're there on a Sunday, Avram mixes in some Sephardi cuisine. Cuban mojo mixing with saffron and couscous and pescado frito. But approximately every 843 Earth days, its orbit intersects with the system ecliptic plane and lines up with the flight path of the Neptune cycler never studied the law of gravity. So, Avram, how did Raven Station Passover start? Luck. Happenstance. Mana from heaven, maybe? That'd be appropriate. We'd had the restaurant going for about three years by then. Three quarters of a palace year, of course. I'd had a few small satyrs in the meantime, but eh, you do what you can. Those were some hard years. Anyway. The Neptune Cycler comes by as it does twice a palace year, loaded with tons of nem and blast frozen food from the hydroponics colonies, and a big crop of the new low-water almonds from Mars. But they've got a problem. One of their freezers has sh-crapped the bed, so they need to unload a lot of spring vegetables right away, before they can get to the next port. I help them with the problem. But then I had a container full of vegetables that needed using. So I threw a Passover feast for the station. Problem solved. Just like that? There's a few things I'm glossing over. Just being mindful of your legal department. But, uh, what about the... I also don't want to draw attention, unnecessary attention, to some things. I'm sure you have some viewers here on Raven Station. But... Let's say that sometimes there's other cargo that comes through here that some people wish to help. Cargo that is in a situation relevant to the Passover story. Fair enough. It became a tradition after that. We turn our menu from Cuban to Sephardi for one week and loosely follow the rules. No leavened bread, mainly. Being Sephardi means we can ignore some of the other bits rice is still fine, or any other grains that didn't exist to the folks writing the Torah. I thought that satyrs were usually just the first night. Some folks do that. Some do first and second. We started out with just one, but by the third time around, we had so many folks who wanted to pull up a chair that we did a few seatings. And now, well, we start the first night and stretch the satyr out over the whole week. I mean, why not? We're in space. Sounds like quite a party. Well, if you join up on the last night, you might have to down three glasses of wine in a row, just to catch up. And you don't have to stay the whole time, this isn't proselytizing. But, if you can stay for the story, and for the discussion, some raven station choros could put Enoch Ben Moshe on his heels with their analysis. Let me tell you. I have to be honest, I don't think I know much about Cuban Jews. It's complicated, and now ancient history. Some came to Cuba from Brazil or Portugal in the 17th century. 
Some came south after Cuban independence. My own family, we came from Turkey when the Ottomans chased us out. And then most Cuban Jews left during the Cuban Revolution. I'm skipping a lot, of course. So, do you still have family on the Florida archipelago? <laughs> no. My family tends to get out of a bad situation as it's going bad. Not afterwards. I'm the black sheep, apparently. Well, I wouldn't call what you built here a bad situation. How did you end up on Palace anyway? How did we get here? Well, about 20 years ago, we'd signed up with a startup to go mine a motherload of lithium on a belt object. 30 or 40 of us shipped out to Palace to collect ourselves and the equipment that was being brought in. Trouble was... While we were in transit, the owner got stitched up for insider trading and stock price manipulation. So, by the time we arrived here on Raven, the entire LLC had been sold to Ceres Minerals, and our contracts had been voided. And you were stuck. We were flat, broke rockhoppers without even a contract to borrow against with a payday lender. A few people had just enough to go anywhere else on a commercial flight, but the rest of us? Well, we had to hope that the next Neptune cycler would come by soon, because if we wanted off this rock, that was all we would be able to afford. So some of your group left as soon as they could? Why didn't you leave too? By then, I'd gotten the restaurant going, and Nina and I had settled down, and, well... Better the devil you know, I suppose. But going back to your original question, I don't think stuck is the right word. We'd found people we could help with a hot meal or with some timely interventions, and many of them became family in one way or another. So, what's on the menu this year? All the traditional components, of course. We've got the Seder plate, haroset, maror, matzah. Ooh, matzah. You goyim do love that stuff. It's on par with survival biscuits and about as durable. You know how I say, let all who are hungry come and eat. You've got to be hungry to want to eat that building material. Hey now, I am always hungry. Anyway, matzah ball soup too, of course. Alcachofa de Trieste, it's a spring vegetable stew, thanks to the Neptune Cycler providing us with baby artichokes and asparagus this time around. That's Nina's side of the family, Italian Jews. And orange and almond cake, now that's our little grove of sour oranges doing well. Sounds delicious. And easy to scale. Yes, we've had some help from, uh, <laughs> on-station friends sourcing the amount of wine we need to do this whole thing. Speaking of, time to go bless the second cup. After the break, we bake some Sephardic orange and almond cake, talk to Rabbi Kelly about where Nem falls in kosher law, and then I help supervise the Raven Station. Avicola. 